The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 245th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's ahead for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I'll give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, we'll start with my event of the week that I covered, which was the PGA Championship down at Baldus Rawl, my second major of the year that I covered after being at Oakmont for the U.S. Open a mere five weeks ago. This leads directly into my highlight of the week, which was the event uh, and how impressive it was, to say the least, with the uh, PGA of America treating the media like kings that storied Baldestral in New Jersey, Springfield, New Jersey, complete with an amazing media center and dining area with food and drink to fuel, fuel the fourth estate and keep us hydrated in the steamy, and I do mean steamy, 95 degrees uh, heat of the past few days. And the heat wave that's just sweeping throughout the Northeast uh, finally broke today. I'm back in Boston, and uh, it's just uh, finally cooled off with a little rain and down into the 80s. But it has been... uh, about a 10-day stretch that we're not used to seeing up here in the Northeast. But again, the PGA of America is really putting on quite a show from a media standpoint. Uh, Great media hotel in Bridgewater, New Jersey. Uh, Great shuttle system. And, uh, you know, the media center itself is just uh, so impressive. It's, It's just like something right out of a Space Age NASA Center, the way it looks, uh, and it just feeds right into the energy overall and the, you know, throughout the course, there's nothing like watching golf tournaments uh, in the Northeast in general and New York City area in particular. Uh, Baldus Roll, you can see the New York skyline from Baldus Roll, so it's 
maybe a half an hour, 40 minutes out from the city. And the energy that the fans there bring uh, is off the charts. Plus, it's uh, pretty close to Philly. So they're not only drawing the New York fans, but they're getting a lot of Philly fans. Talked to some people yesterday uh, from Villanova. Uh, still feeling it from Chris Jenkins' uh, three-pointer to win the national championship in basketball uh, back in early April. One of the cool things about it, the, uh, the past champions are just treated like royalty also. Uh, they have designated parking spots with their name on them, uh, with Mercedes vehicles awaiting. It's sitting right beside the iconic clubhouse uh, at Baldessrol, and which is again right beside the media center. So it's all just centrally located, and uh, again, it's just being run so smooth uh, and just so impressive across the board. There, there's just nothing like a major. And for me to have the opportunity to cover two in the same year, let alone five five weeks apart, has just uh, you know made for a spectacular summer, uh, to put it mildly. And speaking of past champions, yesterday uh, has simply what has to be one of the great groupings of all time in a major, which was Phil Mickelson, Jason Day, and Rory McIlroy, all past PGA champions uh, playing as a threesome. They teed off early in the morning at the uh, at the 10th hole. Uh, and uh, at the 18th hole, right beside the clubhouse, which was midway through their round, the crowds were just simply off the charts. Uh, it was a little empty around the 18th, and it just started to build and build as they drew closer. And by the time they come up the fairways, it was... Uh, Four and five deep all around the 18th, and it was just uh, really special stuff. Uh, again, truly one of the all-time great, great threesomes in, uh, in major history, I'm sure, uh, especially, you know, on the opening two days. Uh, today's, uh, you know, speaking of big names... Today's off to a good start already, delayed by rain, but uh, once they got going, uh, Jordan Spieth making a run, Henrik Stenson fresh off his uh, now iconic British Open final round of just a mere 10, 11 days ago, uh, when he dueled, had a duel with Phil Mickelson, uh, he's... Uh, He's near the top now. Uh, Jimmy Walker was the first day leader. Uh, Patrick Reed is making a run, but most, uh, uh, but most notably, Jordan Spieth uh, at four under, just a shot or two off the lead. And uh, you know, so we got the big names um, in the hunt. This all leads into my bizarre story of the week, and I was mentioning past champions, and it was watching. Uh, Yesterday, 1991, champion John Daly with his wild pants uh, on the practice screen. He was just chatting it up with fellow pros, smoking cigarettes, and he just has such a great persona and attitude. Uh, you know, he, he just, uh, he's his own man, which is terrific to watch. Uh, he's also very charismatic. He was interacting with fans and... Uh, Again, 
as a past champion, he is treated uh, like a rock star. And speaking of rock stars, another huge fan favorite was Andrew Beef Johnston. Uh, talk about charisma. He's just like uh, instantly, uh, within a, literally a matter of weeks, uh, in the consciousness now of... Uh, of all golf fans, uh, he's just so friendly, and he has this great beard. He's already got uh, some endorsements having to do with his clever nickname of Beef, and uh, so it was really, really uh, fun to watch him interacting with the fans, taking pictures, chatting up everybody uh, right off the practice green, and uh, yeah, he, you know. He had a good British Open, and if he keeps up uh, uh, his good play, he could really uh, develop quite a following, uh, to say the least. But like I said, he's, he's already there in many regards. People were seeking him out, and there was literally like a, uh, a frenzy around him, which is pretty amazing, considering uh, a month ago, not too many people knew his name. My low light of the week is the potential weather, coming back to that subject, for Baldestral. Uh It already did have to delay the starting times today. Uh, torrential downpours overnight into the early morning. It delayed today, today's tea times by about 45 minutes. Uh, the forecast is uh, showing, you know, some rain, potentially lightning over the weekend. And, you know, let's hope it's not like Oakmont. Uh, where the weather on that crazy first day, the Thursday, uh, just wreaked havoc. Uh, with the rest of the weekend, they finally caught up, but uh, they really didn't catch up till like uh, midday on Sunday, the final day. But at the end, of, at the end of that day, they got it all in on time, and uh, so yeah. So hopefully it's not going to be like that the skies have cleared down new jersey uh, as i watch live right now on tnt and uh it looks like it'll be okay but uh you know the good news is the heat wave has been broken uh the bad news is the the rain that uh broke it is uh potentially going to be kicking around all weekend so once again just a Fun, fun, fascinating few days down at Baldusrol. Uh, truly an amazing course. Uh, iconic, storied, all those ad adjectives apply. And uh, it's going to make for a great weekend of watching golf as uh, the fourth and final major of the year is played. Uh, everything, of course, moved up this year with the Olympics. Uh, things are all being held earlier than usual especially this tournament, which is typically in August. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of players, I'm guessing, will be uh, heading down to Rio right from New Jersey. So it should be fun to watch. And uh, so now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Doing great down here in South Alabama today. Good place to be, I'm sure. Uh, well... It's been uh, an exciting week for one of our favorite topics, which, of course, is the college football playoff. And uh, big news come out here in the last day or two where it looks like uh, they're going away from the semifinals being played always on New Year's Eve. And uh, this is a subject you and I have talked about extensively in past shows. And... uh, you know, the first ones were New Year's Day two years ago, and then the second set was on New Year's Eve this past year, and uh, I believe they'll be on New Year's Eve again this coming year, but then they're going to go into uh, a rotation that basically has the games pretty much being played, a combination of like Saturdays or when it's a federally, or when New Year's Eve is like a federally observed holiday, that type of thing. Uh, but they did it, and I think it's good news. How about you? Yeah, I think it was a good move, John, that they made that alteration in their plans because I think you might say there was a tinge of arrogance to try to have it all the time on New Year's Eve. I, I, 
Yeah, I spoke to someone in front of the office uh, at the SEC Media Days, and what they mentioned to me was, if you look back in history, I think people were appalled that games were being played on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, some of these holidays. I mean, that's, that's not only the college game, but professionally as well. You know, basketball, football, NFL playoff games. So it took some time. But I think on those holidays, John, that people are congregated around the TV, whereas if you're going out on New Year's Eve, you're not sitting in a room. Uh, you could be at a party at someone's house, but more than likely you're at a restaurant, you're at a, at a place where you, you know, there's dancing and entertainment and music. So I think it was slightly different than, than uh, having it on Christmas Eve or Christmas. Oh, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, there's always, of course, the religious element associated with Christmas Eve and or Christmas Day, but yet in the same light, there's also, you know, families are together sitting at home and after a great Christmas dinner or whatever, uh, you know, it's always been kind of nice to gather around, you know, a TV to watch uh, you know, would have been some iconic games played on those days. Uh, most notably, the famous Dolphins-Chief playoff game, which at the time was, I think, the longest game ever. I think that was Christmas Day. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's great, you know, and I give the college football playoff people, uh, you know, a lot of credit for coming out with really, uh, you know, a very honest, candid news release uh, that was issued uh, just the other day where, you know, Bill Hancock, the executive director of the CFP, you know, really talked uh, frankly and honestly about, you know, uh, the ins and outs, the ups and downs of, you know, having the game on New Year's Eve, which they were sticking with. Of course, ESPN is their partner. They paid, if I'm not mistaken, $12 billion maybe for uh, broadcasting the game over the course of uh, the next number of years. And one of the things that I saw somewhere that I found interesting was apparently, you know, ESPN made a presentation. Let's not forget the ratings dropped. First year, the games were on New Year's Day. Second year, this past January on New Year's Eve, December, I should say. And I think it was a 40% drop in ratings. So ESPN apparently made a presentation talking about a lot of these figures and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, the CFP listened to their partner, big time, it appears. So, again, I, I just thought the news release was really, uh, you know, uh, a breath of fresh air, shall we say, addressing what was just uh, a tricky topic. Yeah, I think there was no way around it, John. They had to address right. the issue and, and, and make that change uh, quickly because I... I you know, they were going to try to change the behavior for everyone to watch those games on New Year's Eve, but the trend was, you know, pretty pretty much on a spiral downward. So that was a smart move, and and I think that when you admit, you make a mistake and move on, people can accept those, those types of things. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I'll just speak for myself. Um, you know, the first year on New Year's Day, uh, it was the, you know, the first game that day was the... Uh, Florida State-Oregon game, Jameis Winston's final college game. And, you know, I had a few people over uh, and was just glued. And then that night, of course, was the uh, famous, and you were there, uh, Alabama-Ohio State game. 
And, you know, I was just glued from whatever, 3 p.m. on New Year's Day at home uh, with some friends and relatives and, uh, you know, right through till midnight or whatever. And last year, in contrast, uh, on New Year's Eve, I happened to be in Florida. So I was able to walk (laughs) right up the street from my hotel and watch the afternoon game, Clemson, Oklahoma, I believe it was. uh, And that was awesome you know, like three, four, five in the afternoon. But then, you know, went out to dinner with the family uh, that night, and I never saw one play of the Alabama-Michigan State game, which I know you were there at that one. So, you know, I, I think I'm a good example. Um, you know, I, I think I, I mean, I got lucky in that, you know, I, I think I checked my phone once in the Alabama-Michigan State game. I saw it was like a blowout. And that was it. I I just forgot about it for the rest of the night. Um, But yeah, so that's one man's tale. And again, you have a different tale since you were at games, both on New Year's Eve in New Orleans, or New Year's night, excuse me. And then you were in, uh, what, Dallas on New Year's Eve, correct? Right, yeah. All he can can take is for that game at Jerry Jones Stadium. Yeah, so, I mean, you have an interesting perspective on it as well. And, uh, you know, but I just think, uh, you know, we're all going to be better off. I mean, it's right here. I'm looking at the news release issued by the college football playoff and uh, people. And so with this adjustment, all semifinal games will be played on Saturdays or holidays. Uh, Saturday, of course, is the traditional college football day, as, as we all know. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Now, so this year, it will be both on New Year's Eve, Saturday, but it is a Saturday, December 31st. Um, and then, yeah, start. And then I think on for 2017 and 18, it's already like going to be on January 1, like locked in with the Rose and Sugar Bowls, which are the traditional date. Is that how you're reading it? Yes, yes. That Rose Bowl, I mean, that is something that they don't, I don't think they changed. They don't change that. They keep Correct. that on the, the January 1st or whatever day it's celebrated as January 1st. Unless, you know, there's the, sometime I guess the NFL playoff game gets in the middle of that sometime. But, you know, the Rose Bowl, they don't change that date. So that, that's yes. January 1st or 2nd, yeah. Exactly. And when you're the granddaddy of them all, you can kind of make the rules and, uh, that's a, that, the Rose Bowl does that. They they uh, very traditional, to say the least. And uh, so yeah, just looking ahead, you know, 2018-19, Saturday, December 29th, cotton and orange. Then in 1920, Saturday, December 28th. So a couple of Saturdays in a row. Uh, that'll be the Fiesta in Peach, and then back to the Rose and Sugar uh, again, Friday, January 1, 2021. And then uh, Friday, December 31st in 21 and 22. But I think that's the designated holiday. Um, yeah, yeah, probably so. It is because Saturday is January 1. So, of course, the national holiday of New Year's Day will be celebrated on New Year's Eve. Um, so everybody's off, bottom line. And that's it's a big yeah. deal. That's addressed, too, about feedback from fans. So, you know, people weren't able to get home from work in time on New Year's Eve to catch the beginning of these games, a la the Clemson-Oklahoma game, late Friday afternoon. 
this past year. Um, so yeah, and then uh, you know, twenty two and twenty three to be Saturday, December thirty first. So back to that Saturday thing, but New Year's Eve. Then twenty three, twenty four, Rose and Sugar again, New Year's Day, and then back the whole way, full circle on in twenty five, Saturday, December twenty eighth, twenty six. 2026 Saturday December 27th so uh, so there you have it um, I guess we I, I guess that that's good for planning purposes right AP oh yeah it certainly is yeah and you, and you notice John that let's say for instance that game on the 27th the championship is on the 12th so that gives people a couple weeks like you say a little bit more planning a little bit more time to scramble and come up with some airline tickets and game tickets and hotel rooms. Well, this is helpful for you, AP. When you cover Alabama, I think you have to pencil in those semifinal nights, right? You, you probably already penciled it in for the next seven, eight years, right? <laughs> <laughs> as long as the uh, savings around, you, you almost have to, I guess, John. Yeah, that's Correct. the scenario right now. Right. Given the excellence of that program, uh, they've already been in the first two Semifinals, of course, lost the first one, won the second one, then won the national championship against Clemson. Um, but yeah, uh, perennial uh, would certainly be a word for Alabama. And uh, yeah, so I, I just think it's really, uh, really great because, you know, it wasn't that long ago at all where AP, as you well know, you know, they were taking a pretty hard line. Like, you know, this is New Year's Eve. It's going to be on New Year's Eve, we're not going to break, you know, we're going to create a new tradition, but, you know, wiser heads prevailed, and they just recognize it for what it is. Uh, Let's just say college football fans, men, what have you, are not necessarily in control of what is, uh, of of a remote on New Year's Eve, so to speak. Yeah, this this is one time, uh, John, that I think the fans, the voice was heard. Right, right, which is awesome. It really is. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, because, you know, now, and I think the other thing is that I like about this, you know, I just read a schedule that goes out to literally 2027, 10 years. And, uh, you know, even though to me, knowing the dates, I sitting here today knowing that on what day the game's going to be played in 2027 and every other year in between. That in and of itself gives you a better opportunity to create a tradition than just sticking with, you know, New Year's Eve when uh, all the appropriate issues surrounding that. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's not the day that creates the tradition. It's the, uh, you know, having the date to look forward to around New Year's weekend without it being necessarily on New Year's Eve. So they're going to get their tradition this way, I believe, still. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Super Bowl, John. Everybody knows it's now approximately around the beginning of February. They don't need the exact date, but they know approximately it'll be during that month. Perfect example. Well said, as always, AP. That, that's it exactly. You, you never, you know, the Super Bowl is not played on the same date every year, yeah. uh, but it certainly is a tradition in every way, shape, or form. So I think it's terrific. And, uh, yeah, again, you and I have really, uh, you know, delved very deep into this, uh, 
topic, to put it mildly. You know, you've again offended, attended the first two semifinal games. I've had the pleasure to cover the first two national championship games. And, uh, yeah, from my point of view, uh, it's just wonderful to suddenly be able to plan all of this, uh, you know, <clears throat> today, literally. You know, you, you can look and you can start to uh, put it in your calendar if you so choose. So it's going to be awesome. I, I, again, all credit to the CFP people. They really, uh, you know, they did what needed to be done. And they handled it in an honest, upfront, and and straightforward manner. Yeah, I, I appreciated their move and the thinking and the, the restoring the game to a, like a, a Saturday night and just on the holiday instead of just forcing people to take time on New Year's Eve. Yep, well... It's going to be awesome, and it's also awesome that college football is uh, really, really feeling front and center now. I'm, uh, you just attended SEC Media Days. Uh, I'm attending the American Athletic Conference uh, Football Media Day in uh, Newport, Rhode Island on Tuesday with the annual clam bake on Monday evening preceding it. Uh, can't wait, so... Uh, you, you, you've already been there and I'm about to be there, but there's nothing gets you, uh, fired up for college football uh, better than these media days where there's players, coaches, TV people, bowl sponsors, probably, you know, Bill Hancock was there last year, uh, in Newport. So it's all very exciting and it's just right around the corner now. August is upon us on Monday, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's unbelievable. It's already here, John. I can't I can't believe it. It's, it summer goes by so fast, and once they have these media days, and it's right around the corner. Exactly right. Well, AP, uh, nothing like talking college football. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about it. I guess obviously we'll be talking about it probably every show uh, from here through uh, mid January at minimum. So good to get it started. Uh, but right now, why don't we take our break? Still a lot of other sports to discuss uh, on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one. 1- 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we talked some college football playoff, semifinal, change in dates uh, in the previous segment. But as always, ton of college football news, Big 12 expansion. It's a big topic. Uh, I think I saw a headline that uh, they want to, the Big 12 would like to announce any new teams coming into their conference before the season starts. So we're talking in the next few weeks. As we discussed previously, our the American Athletic Conference, there's a couple of teams that appear to be direct in the direct crosshairs of the Big 12 for expansion. Uh, so, from my perspective, knowing I'm going to be at AAC Media Day in Newport next week, I'm anxious to see if anything develops this weekend, that's for sure. John, the timing for you couldn't have been more perfect. Uh, it, it's not a, a nice topic, uh, really, when you consider the American Athletic Conference. I think I read one report, 10 or 12 teams are being considered by other conferences. 10? Or uh, I hadn't heard that. Oh, my gosh. That's like... Wow. <laughs> that, that's a real wow. Um, yeah. Yes, as always, AP, you know, as we've seen before in recent years, this realignment, there'll be, you know, there's a ripple effect. It's not, you know, let's not fool ourselves into thinking, you know, uh, the Big 12 may just add a couple teams and that'll be the end of it. That's not the way it's going to work at all. There's the domino effect if they take... Uh, Wherever they take teams from, then those conferences will need to expand, which will cause them to take teams from other conferences, and it just goes on and on for a particular cycle. Uh, you, you know, that could involve two, three, four conferences, ultimately, as it did before. So, wow, ten or twelve teams—that's that—that uh, that is a gigantic figure. So, yeah, apparently, you're hearing. There's other conferences other than the Big 12. So if the Big, are you are you talking like about the ripple effect? In other words, Big 12 takes a couple, and then uh, other conferences yeah. swoop in as well. 
Well, yeah, maybe you get the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, I know that to leave the conference, John, I think it's a $10 million buyout, and it's supposed to be 27 months notice. But like anything, those can be negotiated, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, once the, let's just say once the relationship is fractured, it's in both parties' best interest to just cut their losses and move on, right? Yeah, and it, it's kind of funny because, John, what a, and this is, a, this is a horrible scenario. I hate to even contemplate, but what if so many teams leave? You don't even have a conference. So if you're paying money to a buyout, where does the money end up? Right, yeah, we're talking big money. Well, geez, uh, you know, again, I'm still uh, a little rocked here by the number you're talking about of AAC teams, but, you know, you and I both know their personnel well. The, uh, the conference uh, executives, starting with Mike Oresco, the commissioner, and I have no doubts. Uh, and this is one of the things that I'm most interested in. I think it's safe to say... We don't need anything to happen between now and early next week for it to be a topic. It's a topic already, and since it's such a big topic, especially with the kind of numbers you just mentioned, I'm anxious to see who the AAC then might be considering to bring into their conference. Let's make no mistake about it. You know, They've got a, a wide geographic presence. I'll start with that, but they, they have, you know, they're based in Providence. They have a strong Northeast presence, which means... TV ratings. Um, it's more than just football. That's UConn is a member, and they're a <laughs> uh, basketball powerhouse, to put it mildly. And they just added Navy, you know, an iconic team. Uh, yeah. Navy just completed their first year there. So there's a lot to like, too. I mean, Mike Oresco and his colleagues are not going to sit back and, you know, without a plan. No, Mike's been in this game a long time. I'm sure yep. he has all the scenarios mapped out and some contingencies, and he'll do everything in his power that he can to to keep the league together. It's just the numbers are, are hard to tur- you know. It's hard to turn away from big numbers, John. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, and. You know, I'm always amazed, AP, when I, you know, when we deal with the subject, and let's face it, you know, it's the most, realignment is the single most seismic event, probably behind the college football playoff being established itself, but right behind it would have to be, you know, realignment of the last four or five years, uh, the ripple effect, as I discussed, it's just uh, gigantic. It felt like it might be over. A few years ago, not over, but we had seen the lion's share of it. But it sounds like a second wave is about to hit us. Uh, you seen it that way? Yeah, I think that Big 12, they're getting nervous. Right. And so right. That, I think that, that has caused that second ripple. And, and all these teams are, I mean, they'll bring a school in from any coast, any ge- geographic region. It doesn't matter. As long as the money's right for the school, they'll make do with the plane uh, plane flights that have you know the golf team flying three thousand miles for an, you know two thousand miles for an event or something, or the women's tennis team, or you know men's baseball, or girls you know, women's softball. It doesn't matter as long as it fits right for the football, then everybody makes the move. 
Yes. Well, you know, I started to say and then got sidetracked. Uh, but, you know, I'm always amazed that the teams that I've followed so closely, i.e., I grew up with Penn State in the shadow of Beaver Stadium, and they really, you know, if you really wanted to extrapolate back a few decades, you know, they kind of got the whole thing going when they shocked the world, literally, and went to the Big Ten after being, you know, in Eastern independent power, to put it mildly, winning the Lambert Trophy most years. And then, you know, but the wave as we know it today, realignment, it really started amazingly with, you know, Boston College, a mere 20 minutes from where I'm speaking from right now, from where I live, you know, when they, uh, when they left again, uh, the Big East to, you know, head to the ACC and, you know, that was the spark that lit the flame, right? It, it sure was. There was no question that was, that was uh, a move that caused everybody to pause and say, well, maybe we can do the same thing if Boston College is going to, to go to the ACC and all these other teams and, you know, maybe they, they can make the move as well. So Exactly right. So, yeah. Uh, again, you, you know, boy, you, you talk uh, hard feelings. I mean, <laughs> that was just, when I think of what was going on back when that got underway with, you know, the relationships with like Syracuse and UConn and all that in relation to Boston College, uh, it was just gigantic. I mean, you cannot overstate, uh, you know, the rancor that existed and and still exists. You know, it hasn't gone away. It's certainly, no, you know, time, no. time cures all, but a lot of stuff is still lingering. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's cured that situation between, let's say, Boston College and UConn, if, if UConn has a notion to consider the Atlantic Coast Conference at Boston College, well, I was a few words to say to the other presidents. Correct. Correct. Well, it is certainly, uh, you know, it's going to be a fascinating month. I mean, again, your information about the number of teams that, you know, uh, could be on the move. It's not just, it's so much more than just, you know, uh, maybe the big 12 adding two new teams. And, uh, so, wow. Uh, it's just going to be, we're going to have to watch the breaking news wire here pretty constantly. I I got the feeling something's on the verge (laughs) of happening any minute now. I I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, John. And the president's, and the athletic directors, I believe there's no trust at all. No matter what they say in the meeting, they're all, when they're going out for a break, they're on the phone with someone else. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's the way it works, period. It's just, uh, you know, uh, everybody has to look out for their own, and it's just a, it's a whatever-it-takes mentality, and... It's, again, the stakes are so gigantic, the money so gigantic, that uh, uh, that's what's led us here. And, uh, again, uh, I, I think we're about to see, you know, some really, really major developments that could happen truly any minute, you know. Big 12's had a little over a week now to, you know, pursue other teams full force since they announced at their own media day that, like, you know, it's on. You know, we're, we're, we're officially looking. And, uh, 
So, you know, that's why, you know, they don't need long. Yes, it's the ultimate self-preservation mode, John, of all the schools, all the presidents, all the athletic directors and their departments. It, it's uh, that survival mode. Exactly right. Survival. That's the name of the game. Uh, you know, and it's two-pronged. It's the team, but it's also the conference. You know, the team slash university, college, but then there's the conference aspect as well. So it's really a, a two-pronged, you know, uh, situation here. So, AP, it's going to be uh, fascinating to watch and hard to believe we've come to another uh, end of uh, our segment. But we still have a few more things to get to. So we'll do that after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the PGA Championship on Sunday, which will complete uh, the four majors this year. Early, played a little earlier because next week, uh, then, hard to believe, we'll, we'll begin the Olympics, which is adding golf back in after uh, uh, for the first time in... Uh, like a century or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'll be watching certainly on Sunday and today and tomorrow as well, having just got back from Baldusrol to Boston. And uh, it was awesome covering that the last three days. And AP, I know you, I know you like your golf. And uh, it was really quite a great three days down in uh, New Jersey covering Baldusrol, especially yesterday watching uh, 
Phil Mickelson, Jason Day, and Rory McIlroy are three past PGA championships champions, all in the same threesome. Uh, it was awesome, to say the least. Yeah, that's quite a moment for you, John, to watch those three pair off. That, that, you know, in me in that grouping, that, that's a lot of fun. What, what, how was the weather for you uh, those days? Serious heat, AP. It was, you know. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, deep into the 90s, uh, uh, steamy. Uh, yeah, it was really uh, just uh, as hot as it gets pretty much up here in the Northeast. And, you know, uh, it made the afternoons nearly unbearable. So it was good to watch the golf in the morning, which I did uh, yesterday. And um, so, yeah. Great stuff, but yeah, the the heat brave broke today. Serious rains throughout the East Coast, including Baltusrol, Boston, and everywhere in between. So now, now we're cooling off into the 80s. But the sun's back out after raining all night and all morning, and uh, looks like it's out in New Jersey as well. So it's going to be a fun weekend, to say the least. Yeah, it sure should. I'm looking forward to it myself. <laughs> Yes, yes. And, and speaking of fun, I know you've been doing uh, a lot of things for a long time, working on Ken Stabler and uh, the Hall of Fame. He, of course, was voted in. I, I, I think you, uh, you lobbied heavily for that, so your hard work of the past few years paid off. And we're just a couple weeks away from induction here, and I know you've been uh, doing a lot of fun things surrounding that, right? I sure have, John. Uh, I, I've been lining up some special interviews that I hope to see some people in Canton, Ohio. Uh, I've actually been interviewed Tom Flores, who was an assistant when Kenny was there, and when I'm the two-time Super Bowl winning head coach himself, and Art Shell was his left tackle, and he became the first uh, African-American head coach in the modern era. So. Those two gentlemen agreed to be interviewed. And then Ron Wolf, who was a, a junior executive and a scout with the Raiders, he, he was one of the people influential in drafting Kenny. Ron Is that Wolf, right? Who, who went on to, yeah, who went on to be the general manager of uh, Tampa Bay with the Jets for a while, of course, most notably with Green Bay. And he he uh, traded for Brett Favre, who was in Atlanta at the time. So, yeah, Ron Wolf, who was inducted, I think, 2015 as a contributor himself. So... Uh, you know, I'm going to interview a couple of those people, and uh, also uh, Joe Namath's going to sit down with us. So there's quite a few people that we we'll hope to see in Canton, Ohio. Wow. Well, quickly on Ron Wolf, I'd say next to Bill Polian, he may be the most uh, one of the most important executives in the history of the NFL. I mean, general manager wise, uh, you know, you just listed out his his achievements and whatnot, and. Uh, I didn't even realize the connection with Ken Stabler, but yeah, I mean, with, you know, the Alabama connection of Ken Stabler, as well as, of course, the iconic Raiders team and John Madden as the coach and just really some of the great personalities in, in the history of the NFL, to say the least. Uh, I had a good perspective on him where I covered the Steelers uh, in person against the Raiders a couple times at Three Rivers at the height of their rivalry. One of the greats ever. I mean, the, the 
Let's never forget the criminal element remark by Chuck Noll <laughs> and, uh, you know, Lynn Swan concussions and lawsuits. Uh, sometimes yeah. we think sports is crazy now. Well, sports is pretty crazy back then, too, with stuff like that. So, But, yeah, you've oh, been yeah. interacting with some of those famous names, right? His teammates. Yeah, yeah. we, we uh, interviewed Phil Villapiano and Lester Hayes, and um, they were funny. Of course, for those who don't know about Lester Hayes, you know, he had a serious speech stuttering problem, but right. he has overcome that impediment, and he, he was great on the air. We interviewed him, and uh, he told some funny stories about Kenny, and I think one thing I've noticed, John, that people, as soon as you mention Kenny, you can hear the love in their voice, that they all want to talk to you about Kenny, how he was a great uh, teammate, he was a great friend, he, he was a great player. Uh, you know, that, those are the types of things that every every player and every person um, associated with Kenny has has uh, said on the air or to me in person. Yeah, I mean, a true leader. You know, there's different types of leadership, and Kenny Stabler had a unique style in my mind. But he was their leader, and uh, you, you know. A true man's man in every way. I mean, as someone who truly enjoyed life to the to the max, and you know, to me, he set the tone. He was the leader. And although there are more, uh, you know, from John Matuzak to Lyle Alzado to Phil, Phil Villapiano and George Atkinson <laughs> and Fred Belitnikoff, <laughs> and you know, just on and on. Gene Upshaw, <laughs> you know, yeah. Pete Banaszak. I mean, it, it just. Oh. Goes back to the beginning of the AFL in the '60s. They're just one after another, and uh, but Kenny Stabler, I, I think, set the tone for those famous personalities because of his famous personality. You know, John, and I think that Kenny was so well liked, even by the opposing players and the fans, right. because in today's world, when you watch different quarterbacks, if a, if a, let's say a wide receiver drops a pass or someone misses a block. More than likely, the trend has been with these newer quarterbacks, they're all up in the player's face and then cussing them out. And Well, that wasn't Kenny's style. He, you come back to the huddle, he knew you were feeling bad. He, he probably just said, we'll get him the next time. I mean, that, that's why those players, they do anything for him. And I just, I just had appreciation for his style of leadership. Yeah, it's it, truly unique. And we're under two minutes here, but, you know, Again, I talked about the Steelers Raiders, and you know there was a lot of people that a lot of people uh, on the Raiders that a lot of people in Western Pennsylvania weren't big fans of. Starting with George Atkinson and the the T-shirts with his face and a bullseye. I'll never forget them as long as I live. But you know there was never one. I, I, nobody disliked Ken Stabler. He was never like a target, as it were. Uh, no. He was. He, you know, he, they might not have been fans, but they by no means uh, had him at, at, at the top of their uh, enemies list. But, you know, um, yeah, likable. He's just a likable guy, is my memory of him, to say the least. Oh, yeah. And, and John, this will be my first time in Canton, Ohio. I'm, I'm really looking forward to all the events surrounding the induction and uh, I hope to run into quite a few Hall of Famers and visit with them and discuss Kenny and, and uh, meet up with Kenny's family. So it's one, it, it'll be one of the highlights of my life, really. 
You're going to love it. I had the pleasure to go there a couple of years ago for my first visit to Canton when I covered the rookie symposium for the NFL, and it was awesome. And I'm looking forward to it for you and for the show because we're going to spend a lot of time over the next few weeks talking about Kenny Stabler, Canton, and the Hall of Fame. So, AP, thanks as always for your uh, input and excellent perspective today. And we're going to have a, an exciting couple weeks coming up with uh, from American Athletic Conference, Media Day, right through to the Hall of Fame. Uh, and as soon as that's over, college football will start. So it's going to be a lot of fun coming up. Oh, it sure, it sure will be, John. Well, thank you so much for having me today. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.